This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the kate podcasters that's us this is the show where we're in a dark place because we're in a dark world dark dark place this is a dark movie dark movie yeah is it uh made me sad knowing it exists in the world i mean it's not that bad come on it's no it's not that good either it's thor the dark world from 2013 yeah directed by the alan taylor the I almost said one and only, but I feel like that's probably a really common that name. That is an extremely common name. It yeah. has to be. Oh, yeah. There's probably thousands of them. So many. They meet and they write and direct things together. I'm pretty sure four different Alan Taylors worked on this movie. That's a good chance of that. <laughs> I have never seen this movie before. Really? After watching it for the, like five minutes, I went, nope. Definitely no. Okay. I hadn't seen it. Well, lucky you. Now you've seen it. Now I've seen it. I thought it was Lord of the Rings at first. That's Just from um, the intro. That's fair. Voiceover. Elves battle scene. My father fought. Yeah, I have written down it's that Lord of the Rings. That it, the intro exposition and voiceover is so is so dull that even the main character's name is Boar. <laughs> uh what are your thoughts on this? I think this is uh, the Dark World is the dark spot on the MCU. Not the Incredible Hulk. You know, it's um, at least we can forget about the Incredible Hulk because the MCU has. Because they've let us all but they let it go. All but just completely gotten rid of it. Well, for what it's worth, I mean, they've kind of oh no, they I, I almost said they completely got rid of this, and then they didn't. No, and then they big time didn't. They turns out to be one of the most important movies in the MCU. Somehow, when Endgame they comes around, to double down on this one. <laughs> you can see Foggy going, "Hey fans, remember how much you hated Dark World? Fuck you. Watch it again. Fuck you." He, uh, I guess he once called this the Empire Strikes Back of the MCU. Has he seen the Empire Strikes Back? Clearly not. Hmm. Because, wow. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a movie. That That it is. Chris Hemsworth's back. He's the he's the big blonde Viking, not Viking boy. Yep, but now his eyebrows aren't blonde. Yeah, thank God for that. Oh, it looks so much better. Yeah, it does look so much better. Uh, Tom Hiddleston's back. He wasn't supposed to be, but he is. Yeah, well, there wasn't enough of him. No. We need more. All the time we need more. more we're going to get more. We're Thank God for Disney more. Plus. Natalie Portman's back for now. For now. She acts in this thing, I guess. She's doing she something. stands in front of a camera and recites lines. Yeah, and I'm assuming Frank Oz is above her on a platform, just using a, like strings like a marionette sure, puppet. Sure, sure, Because she's lifeless in this? <laughs> well, she almost actually is because of the stone. I guess so. Don't call it a stone. It's more of like an angry sludge. Roger Ebert did not see this movie. Because oh. he had recently passed away, and technically, I think he had more life than Natalie Portman did in this movie. <laughs> wow. Wow. Not a doctor. Pretty sure that's how it was. <laughs> well, you know, there were some behind-the-scenes things that, that led to some miscontent amongst the actors. Which part? There was a lot. There's a ton. But we'll get to that. That's fair. Tell me what this thing's about. All right. Well, you already went over, basically, the intro. With the exposition, boring, bore. Basically, there's elves. They want to destroy the entire universe for reasons. As elves do. Bore and his army hold them off and their mysterious weapon, the ether, and they defeat them, locking them away forever. They use one of my favorite movie tropes of all time. To open the movie, they said, with the ether, whatever it was, yeah. they said, bury it deep so no one ever finds it. And I wrote, I bet someone finds it. Oh, that's getting found. Probably accidentally. Without a doubt. Yeah. Ivanu's style. Exactly. They didn't even bury him in the intro. They should have. They should have. It was so good. He'd be cracking jokes about the Brady Bunch reunion 5,000 years <laughs> in the past. He'd be like, what the hell is a Brady? <laughs> Loki gets locked up for the shenanigans he pulls in the Avengers. Thor and his buddies are battling around the universe to keep order after the Bifrost was destroyed and Thor won. The old Rainbow Road. Uh, but this is the last battle and it's all cleared up apparently. Jane and Darcy are in London because why not? Darcy interrupts Jane's date, which is going horribly. Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. I'm so excited to see him. Look at him. He's a gift. He's He makes me he was so happy and everything. He's actually in. a lot of fun in this scene. Yeah. Well, it's because he's the best. You ever see the IT crowd? Uh, a little bit of it. You yes. need to see more of it because okay. it's one of the best comedies ever, in my opinion. I ever. fucking love that show. It's so, so good. Okay. So Darcy interrupts Jane's date 
to tell her that her sciency stuff is malfunctioning. Cat Dennings, she's back. She's and back. She's and less sucky. I was gonna. I was. I was gonna say. I was like. I have a feeling you probably hated her in this, but I love every second of her in this movie. I didn't care for her in this as much, yeah. but I cared for her a hell of a lot more than I did Defendor. Well, that's fair, because she was miserable in yep. Defendor. But no, I, I like her little snarky It's very, asides, very and, snarky. I mean, I know how much you hate snark. Uh, it's it's a thing. And like Tony, it's a thing. Tony it's, snark. It's a lame character trait. That's fine. Because it's so overdone now. Because yeah. I'm snarky because I'm cool. I think we have like Diablo coded anything for that for Juno, tell you the truth. That's really <laughs> like I'm thinking back, like who are the snarkiest people that I remember like lately? That's a big one. Yeah. You don't need snark in every character. Well, you don't have it in every character. You always have it in one. It's the one that we're supposed to really care for. I don't know that you're supposed to really care for Darcy. Well, so much as she's the only comic relief in this movie. That's is she? Is that what we're calling it? I guess I don't know. It's a very serious movie, except for when she's like, "Oh yeah, I, I tried that too," when she bangs it against the the science thing against the table. I laughed so hard during that. I did. <sighs> Go on, keep talking, keep doing your, <laughs> your, your your spiel. This leads them to the abandoned factory where the laws of physics have gotten all fucky. <laughs> Scientific term. Yeah. Uh, Jane accidentally goes through a portal, which, how do you do that? There's like either an orange or blue ring around it. You Everyone always knows see portals. That. And Peter Dinklage. And Peter Dinklage. Will guide you wherever you got to go. Naturally. What a great game. Portal 2 it's is one of the game. best games ever made. Just a puzzle game. It's fucking beautiful, too. Why aren't there more of that? I don't, there's Portal 3. I want it. I want it, I too. want it, I want it real I want bad. it more than I want Thor 2. Yeah, no, I, we don't have to talk about Thor. We could talk about Portal. <laughs> Can we? It's so good. It's great. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll come back to it. I'm sure it'll come back up. <laughs> In this one? <laughs> Not necessarily, but we can try. Fine. So Jane goes through a portal and winds up at the place that Bohr stored the ether away. And of course, she gets possessed by it. Sure. Because that's what of happens. Of course. Coincidentally, while all this is happening, Thor was trying to creep on her with his super stalker pal Heimdall, but Heimdall can't see her. Idris Elba. Yeah. He back. What a professional, that yeah. man. Sure is you know, showed up and did this movie. Good for that's, him. That's all you really need there. Uh, so when she finally returns to Earth, guess who's there? Thor, waiting for her. Heimdall couldn't see you. So now I'm going to come check on you and that's care creepy. about you. It's a little creepy. Uh, Jane's getting arrested for trespassing, so uh, she makes a big red boom, and Thor's like, nah, that's not right. You're coming home with me. You're not a boomer. You're should, not a boomer. I know you, Jane. You You're not a boomer. should be booming like that. I feel like that's wrong. Uh, also, the elves are waking up. I feel like that was supposed to be like an important plot point. Yeah, maybe. And that is boring. It gets, it gets, it's like, oh, the, there's red lights turning on in the spaceship. Uh, fine. Next scene. Back on Asgard, Odin's like, get her out of here. Yeah, he <laughs> brought an Asgard because he wants to fix her. And he's like, go to Earth and see those doctors. Doctors. We got a doctor in this movie. Doctors? Yeah, we have a doctor. Yeah, oh, we do have a doctor. We sure do. Yeah. Chris Eccleston. That's true. Plays Malekith. Malekith, the the head honcho of the, the dark big bad. Elves, I guess he's. It's uh, like a on the scale of this movie, he's the big bad yeah. in the world of any movie ever. Yeah. He's just you're mean. Not even a bad. You just guy, a, you're mean. This guy, he's like a cosmic bully. For, yeah. Hey, ah, give me that red glowy stuff. This is my playground. I'm gonna. Fourth graders. Take over the universe or something, I guess. I don't know. What's my motivation? <laughs> Ask Alan Taylor. <laughs> he might not be able to tell you. Carry uh, on. Odin sees it's the ether and he's like, ah, shit, that's not good. And he's right because Malekith launches an attack on Asgard and sends his crony, Algrim, into the Asgardian prison where he transforms into a big old cursed monster thing. Sure. He breaks out and starts letting out all the prisoners except Loki. But Loki's like, take those stairs. And then he does and he kills his mom. Yep. All because he pointed. Yeah, he's like, hey, go over there. He's like, all right, I'm going to kill your mom. <laughs> Bye. Everybody's pretty bummed about the queen dying. Frigga. Um, but Thor has a plan. Yeah. He convinces all of his buddies to commit treason to help him, Jane, and his evil brother. The most interesting part of this movie. To the elf world, Svartalheim. Yes, what a name. Woohoo. It sounds like a Pokemon that got dropped on its head as a young Pokemon. It's a, oh, what? What's this? Jotunheim is evolving into <laughs> Svartalheim. <laughs> Sounds like something Mel Brooks would make up as like an extra <laughs> song in the producers. Right. If he couldn't use the rights to like Germany. 
<laughs> you go Spartelheim. Springtime for Spartelheim. <laughs> or Hitler and Spartelheim. Sure. Sure. Uh, Loki tricks Malekith into drawing the ether out of Jane, and Thor zaps it with his thunder powers because they did like a, a little twisty trick thing. Yep. Did you buy it? Nope. Really? I feel like I bought it the first time I watched it. I was like, uh, for what it's worth. Good old Loki, back to his old shenanigans. Uh, at hotels, checkout time was 11, and for me, it was about 11. Okay. <laughs> this whole third act. Okay, okay. <laughs> this was uh, not a fun watch, but keep going. This is great. It's shorter. That's why I like this version better, even though this movie's only an hour 52. Pretty short by MCU standards. Yeah. So. Uh, Thor zaps it with his thunder powers, but it does nothing. So Malekith is like totally reality stoned, and he's like, cool, I'm going to go destroy the universe now because I like it dark. That's his whole thing. He's like, oh, lights out. Let's make gorilla it radio. Uh, also, Loki is dead. Probably, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> so Thor and Jane leave his body on a strange planet and go looking for cover, <laughs> or, or go looking through a cave for some reason. Um, and then Jane's cell phone gets a call from Richard. Chris O'Dowd, he's back, baby. Chris O'Dowd is back. I didn't think he'd come back, but he does. Um, the guy from the bad date earlier. And now they know they're near one of those portals to Earth. Yeah, and Natalie Department does that. Can you hear me now? Good for way too long. Way too long. But she does find the keys to her car, which is convenient because it's still parked there. Yep. Um, oh, right. The portal thing. Eric Selvig goes crazy and runs around Stonehenge naked. Yep. As you do. But he's also kind of brilliant and has discovered the link between the nine realms of this whole convergence thing that's going to conveniently make it super easy for Malekith to destroy everything at once. And it's all going to happen at the old Royal Naval College in Greenwich. So luckily they were in London because it's only like half an hour away. Yeah. Good for them. Only a few stops on the, the tube. Pretty neat that they were already there. Convenient, one might say. Keep going. Speed this thing up. I'm bored. Thor fights Malekith <laughs> while Darcy and Ian put up some weird science poles around the green. Ian, by the way, is Darcy's intern? Yeah, he's got an he's there. intern. She's got an intern. Uh, long story short, Thor sends Malekith back to Svartalheim and crushes him with his own ship. Yay. Then he goes to Asgard, tells Odin that he's got to hang out on Earth for a hot sec, so it'd be super chill if Odin could just hold down the fort and be king for a while longer. But surprise, it's Loki in disguise. Yeah. Uh, Volstagg and Sif bring the ether to the Collector. Benicio this is post-credit. Post-credit. Yes, this is mid-credit. Mid-credit, right. And uh, they're like, oh, we already have the Tesseract on Asgard. It'd be pretty uh, irresponsible to keep two Infinity Stones close together. Benicio del Toro, the Collector. Yo. They actually finally confirmed that they're Infinity Stones yeah, for the did. first time. For the first time. And then there's another post credit scene, but it doesn't matter. I like how Benicio Del Toro, after like these fucking people leave, and he goes, only five more. And that's when I got fully erect, huh. realizing Infinity Stones. We doing it. We've kind of, we've hinted at it in the past. We've only seen Thanos once. Right. Up to this point, it was in a post credit. Right. And here was the first time they confirmed, we're going for them. Yeah, that's true. I didn't realize that at the time. I was just yeah. like, "This was, was the like, one that set up like everything." The collector's not going to get literally all the stones. everything, but yeah. And then you have a post-credit thing with a yeah, dragon dragon thing being a dog. Yeah, a post-credit scene that doesn't Thor matter. kissing Marionette Portman, which isn't even her; it's his wife because she wouldn't come back for reshoots. Why would she? Because yeah, no. of all the issues, right? Uh, and that's Thor: The Dark World. Yay! We did it. That's a movie. It's a dark piece of garbage <laughs> this it's, uh, thing is terrible brian it's, it's like alan taylor a, was like uh, hey let's let's do this mcu thing that you guys been doing but let's let's do it like the dc movies no he didn't do that at all he tried to make it gritty no he didn't he literally said he did no well he was wrong then he was <laughs> just spouting words he wanted to take what um brana yeah what brana had done the first one and just kind of roughen it up a little make it look lived in yeah, and that's a dumb choice, yeah. if you ask me, because of how good everything looked in the first one and it how much world building there was. Amazing. But Alan Taylor is not a movie director. No, he's not. He's a, no, he's a he's television guy. a very big television guy. He's oh. kind of modern television royalty. Oh, really? I would even push it that far. Well, I know he was pretty connected to Game of Thrones, and it seems like a lot of people on the set of this movie were connected to Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, HBO kind of has their own rogues gallery, if you will, of directors and okay. stuff like that and they get tossed between different shows because i mean alan taylor had done sex in the city at this point he had done oz he did the sopranos he was also involved in like mad men and stuff like that outside of hbo right obviously he was with uh, game of thrones you said he did boardwalk for an episode also mm -hmm. and he brought director of photography along named kramer morgenthau mm -hmm. as well i think that these two were a terrible choice really? for this story 
Branagh said that he didn't want to do it because he didn't like the turnaround right. to do it. Right. How it took so much work to get Thor the way it was. Right. He wanted he, more pre-production time. He did a great job on Thor. He did. And he says, I just don't want to feel rushed into it, like all that stuff. But obviously, he understood Feige has his own agenda. Right. So he's like, I know you want to turn this thing. You want to flip it. Alan Taylor comes along. But there was other people they considered. Yeah. There was Brian Kirk uh, for a while, who's also another Game of Thrones guy. Correct. And then after- More importantly. After he was like, no, this isn't right. Patty Jenkins was signed on. Yeah, that's a cool choice. That's an awesome choice. Yeah. And um, she actually said that she had intended to create a film that was more like Romeo and Juliet, where Jane's on Earth and Thor's forbidden to come save her. And then Thor does travel to Earth, and he and Jane have discovered that Malekith was hiding the dark energy inside Earth because Odin doesn't care about Earth. Right. So it's kind of a cool story. I love that story. You know, it has that depth thing. Right, depth. And then also, Natalie Portman was super excited to work with Patty Jenkins, so she was pretty bummed when Patty Jenkins left. That's why she left. Right. How about that? How about it? My whole issue with this movie is it's not a movie. Why not? This is a television show. It's shot like a television show. You're right. It's acted like a television show. You're uh, right. Alan Taylor, Alan Taylor all over the screen for this thing. Sure. And I know that Kramer Morgenthau, this was his first time doing digital. Right. And it showed in some places. Some of the special effects are very cool. Yes. I like all the red that they use as that's kind of the color, obviously, black and red, the darkness, right, right. yada, yada. Reminded me a lot of like Last Jedi because that is fucking gorgeous the way it's shot. Yeah. But with this one, everything's rushed. There's no transitions between scenes. You're Everything right. goes bang, 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 bang. Like you're telling a Game of Thrones story. Yeah. This moves an hour 52, but this is one of those stories that you could have done an overarching season behind and right. actually created depth to these characters and actually created depth to the story and done something with it. But instead, it's like all me and Brian have talked about this. We both are Game of Thrones fans. Right. I'm less of a fan because I think Game of Thrones is very formulaic. The way that they did it is every other episode was a good episode. <laughs> and I, me and you have talked about this. We have. Off mic, where you have like your big twisty episode mm -hmm. where like, oh, I can't believe that person died. Spoiler alert, people die in Game of Thrones. What? Yeah. But like, I can't believe that happened at the end of this episode <laughs> that we knew was probably going to happen, but not really. But then you also have the episode in between where it's a lot of exposition in order to push the story along to get to the next twist mm -hmm. and that's kind of the way game of thrones feels like it's built out this is game of thrones without that episode without the exposition without episode, the exposition episode. Anywhere. well they had the prologue kind of thing that was kind of their exposition that's episode it. that is um, it but yeah. that's just a exposition dump for the sake of we need to we need find some backbone yeah. of the story but there's no transitions in this movie how long is that prologue I feel like they just wrote a really long episode of Game of Thrones and just said, "Cut next scene." <laughs> like it's so it it's so oddly done this whole entire movie. I also think that maybe Feige wanted to capitalize on the popularity of Thrones at the time. And... If he did that, he would have gone with Kit Harington somewhere in this movie. He wouldn't have gone with the director, who people are going to IMDb in order to get that. Well, no, but I think he was looking for the look and the the feel, not so much That's putting somebody then. in it. That's completely foolish because there was hot shit. It was hot shit, but why would you change up something that's working? I don't know. Uh, Feige, in, in back then, was always trying to stay ahead of the curve, so I could see him trying to make changes and adjustments. He wasn't ahead of the curve. He was ahead of the curve with Thor. Here, he was on the curve. Right. And that's a problem. Right. Because that's not what the MCU is he about. He didn't need to correct Thor, and he kind of course-corrected it into a, the wrong direction. He did, and I think, I mean, Ragnarok is proof of that. Yes, because through it's and through. completely different and amazing. Still don't know. One day, oh. one day, hopefully real soon. Hopefully soon, yeah. because it's so good. I nearly Dave. watched it for this this movie as well, so oh, I can man. see the, the difference, because I know it's night and day. It's, it's this is one. This is the night, because it's the dark world. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Ragnarok's the day. Right. Because of the colors. Right. Dude, right, right, right. The colors. Man, Alan Taylor really just, it annoyed me watching it, because this story, I think, is pretty lame through and through. It's, as they say in Endgame, the red sludge. That's really what the ether is. Right. That's all it's about. You don't have a villain that's fleshed out at all, so we have no real no. connection to that at all. There's no threat. There's I mean, really not a threat. They say there is, but you never feel it. They're like, oh, yeah, he's going to destroy the whole universe as this convergence is happening. But you're like, you just get told how? that, though. He's gonna, that's all it is. What, he's going to send out his little red tendrils and it's going to take out all the light in the universe? That doesn't even make sense. No. Well, we don't know that he could even do any of this stuff. We're just getting told he can. We don't see him do anything threatening besides right. him look angrily at the camera the kubrick stare really right chris eccleson does that a lot he sure and he does. does a good job for what he has to do he his job is to literally just here's a camera 
pointed at him in makeup. And yeah, and he will. Oh, he had a problem with the makeup. What happened with the makeup? Oh well, he actually has come out and said he didn't like playing Malekith. Why? Um, he mainly accepted the role for the money, uh, and he said that. But he especially disliked the long hours he had to spend in makeup. He said it took something like seven or eight hours at the beginning and only went down to like six and a half. Whereas Algrim was played by Adewali Akinwai Agbaji. Sure. He had that giant curse costume. It only took them like four hours to put him in makeup. So he had a he had an issue with the makeup and obviously probably the depth of the character. Uh, the depth I can get, especially because <laughs> he's a doctor. Doctor. Right. He's he looked was... at as like a hero for Doctor Who because when he came back in 2005 to revive the character, yeah, everyone loved this guy. He's great. And then he got overshadowed because David Tennant came around, and I mean that's and... a whole new ball game. That's my doctor. That's my doctor too. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised he complained. To tell you the truth, and I, I I understand why. Why? Because I've heard he's uh, a consummate professional. You hear that from me? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I worked with Chris Eccleston on the pilot of the Leftovers, and he played the pastor. And we shot one scene in this park for whatever was it Remembrance Day. I never watched it. I don't either. Uh, but there was like a whatever because all the people, half the people disappeared, Thanos style. But <laughs> don't do that. We oh. talk about that often. It was like 110 degrees. We had ambulances on set because it was so damn hot. Yeah, extras are passing out and stuff like that. And it's supposed to be like the fall. And Chris Eccleston is walking around in a long sleeve shirt. Never changed. Never complained. Never changed. Wow. Absolute pro. I was so impressed with it. Look at this guy over here. Yeah. Just hanging out in a long sleeve shirt like it's like it's actually fall. Nice guy too. But super impressed. That's pretty awesome. I like to know that my doctors are professionals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> but he's not the only one who said he was unhappy with the final product. Uh was everyone? And everyone involved? We already talked about Natalie Portman. Yeah. Idris Elba said he disliked working on the movie and even referred to it as torture. Really? He actually had stuff to do in this movie, too. Um, not as much as he did in the last one. Really? I thought I he had more. Uh, he has that one scene where he where he goes down the, the side of the invisible ship. Which is cool. That's about all he does this It's a cool movie. scene. When he sensed it. Yeah. And then just charged at the air. In the first movie, he had a whole fight scene after he was frozen. That's a good point. Even Alan Taylor said he was upset with this movie. Really? Uh, His vision. Why is he upset? I have bad vision! He said even though he received full creative freedom, the studio went and did something completely different with the movie in post-production, and he said he hoped he never had to repeat it and doesn't wish it upon anybody else. What difference could they have made? I mean- I don't know. It's all the same stuff that he shot. It is, but also it's put together and shot the same way that a television show is. Right. This is clearly Alan Taylor. There's not any difference between the way he films a television show and the way this movie is shot. Right. It's Alan Taylor. Taylor. Maybe he's just jumping on the train of everybody doesn't like Thor to Dark World. That's lame. It is lame. I can see him doing that. I don't know why. But I can see him doing it. <laughs> I don't know anything about this guy from I any really, other Alan really, Taylor. I really, really, but... really don't. <laughs> I can see him doing that. This think? Ryan Reynolds self-hating. <laughs> what do you think of Thor? We should probably talk about the, the lead in this movie. We should talk about Thor. I liked Thor. He was, he was looser in this movie than he was in the first one. Because the first one, he was all... He felt like he was, well, it was Brana, so he was doing like a Shakespearean thing. And sure. It, it felt very formal. He was a little looser in this, a little closer to the Thor from Avengers, which makes sense. Makes sense, because this is the sequel to- This is post-Avengers, yeah. yeah. He's fine. He seems like he's stronger than he was in the last two movies, but at the same time, not enough to for it to matter. Uh, I could buy that, especially because you have that whole fight scene at the beginning, and- you see the battle going on between the Dark Elves and the Asgardians and all that stuff, and people die, and yeah, yeah. yada. Thor pops up, and he just fucking mercs one without even trying. Right. And then it's the big one. He, he kills the big one, the real big one, the monster thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, uh, the Cronin. It's a big rock monster that actually appears in Journey to Mystery 83, Thor's first appearance. Ah. It's also uh, what Korg is in Ragnarok. Ragnarok. I knew that one. In Endgame. Neato. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense then. He drops Cronin, right? Got it? Yeah. Well, drops him. That's well, the kind of alien it is. It's not his name. Who gives a shit? That's true. Because he gets blowed up. And then one of the Asgardians says, next time, start with the big one. Yeah. One of the Asgardians? That's Zach Levi. That's not my Zach Levi. It's Fandral. I know. He's all blonde. He's the pretty one. He's the blonde, and I don't like it. I don't care for it. He's He looks better in, you know. Bright red. Bright red with a white cape. Yeah, fuck off. Big, red, and cheesy. 
But that's annoying because all these folks are dying. Thor just shows up. End of fight. And it's like, buddy, you just let all these folks die. Die. When yeah. You could have just shut it down real fast. And that just put a bad taste in my mouth right away. Well, when he showed up, even Sif was like, no, I got this. And he's like, no, I've got this. He's, no, he, he said, it's, that's why everything's on fire. Right. <laughs> Off to a good start. Yeah. I, was like, I love oh, okay. that line. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that put a bad taste in my mouth right away, though. Is you're setting up your hero's powers, and he could have just ended that all willy-nilly, but instead he has to go quippy. That's fair. Instead of just, you know, do your job, save these folks. Sure. Not good character development. Start, man, not good. I never really think about that. And no one does. Oh, if he showed up five minutes beforehand, these people would all be alive. I'm more in the movie than that. Uh, Probably, and that's good for you. (laughs) Because if something takes you out of the movie, then obviously you're out. Right. It's something like this that took me out. Of just that little bit of thought of, why are you getting quippy for no fucking reason? Just do your thing. Do the thing. The quips are fun, Dave. They make people laugh. They make people enjoy the movie. They are fun until you start putting something behind it, like a story. And that's what this thing is severely lacking. Yeah. There's no lot of that. There's no story here. There's nothing. It's just you have Red Sludge and you have Thor trying to get it out of Natalie Portman. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Thor getting the red sludge out of Natalie Portman. Yep. (laughs) It's a better name. It's a better movie. (laughs) The truth, if you just word it differently. (laughs) I don't know. I know I'm being negative on this thing, but it's because it's shit. That's why I'm being negative on it. I guess one of the original plans was to have Natalie Portman become like the the third act villain, where the the reality stone turns her evil, and Malekith doesn't even matter anymore because she's going to be... For what it's worth, Malekith doesn't matter in this movie, so why not do that? Right. Uh, well, because they didn't want to introduce a third villain in the third act. Like, hey, let's just put in another one. Why not? I don't know. It worked for Dark Knight Rises, kind of. <laughs> Ouch. I know how much you like that movie. It's my favorite. <laughs> can we talk about some good things? I feel like we need to talk about good things. We can talk I'm, about good I'm things. I'm feeling hurt Do you have any good right things now. to talk about? Uh, I'll find something. Because I've got a few. What do you got? Make me happy, Brian. Make me happy. Well, see, you can't you can't go and, and turn it like that. I want I've, to talk I've about, issued a challenge. I want to talk about a good thing, but this good thing happens to be a sad scene. Oh, my God. Go. What do you got? Frigga's funeral scene. Nope. Hard no? no. Why not? Hard no. What's wrong with it? It's one of the hardest no's. Why? On our Facebook last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was, we posted a very, very cool clip of the writers of Endgame and how they came up with it, the story and all that stuff. Yeah. And you should go watch it. It's Absolutely incredible. It's very good. It's bananas to see how they put this whole thing together and how the writer's room worked and all that. And, and how, they how many a, people were involved. And yeah, Because it's everyone from every movie has to be involved. And right. it's not that they're trying to direct the way that they write. It's that they have to protect the character that they're directing. Right. So right. It's, like, it's like, oh, you, you can't have him do that because that goes against what he said in this movie. And yeah. Right. But you can still do whatever you want. Just not certain things, which is right. kind of a neat thing to do. But one of the biggest things that stuck out to me was something that they said about how in Endgame, here's a spoiler, folks. Uh, we, I don't think we <laughs> had a spoiler in Endgame. We're not mm, too big a one. I don't think so. I think we've done pretty good. There's a funeral at the end. Yep. And one of the biggest things that these writers said was that funeral scenes and death scenes are really easy to write because you just say, this person dies. But on screen, in order to translate it, you obviously, when you see a person die, you're not going to get the emotion. You might feel like, oh, that person's dead. Mm-hmm. But the real emotion comes from the people reacting, reacting. to that person's death. Nobody reacts to Frigga's death. Everybody reacted. Are you Nobody kidding? Nobody re- reacted. Everybody they in that cut scene. around everyone reacting. Everyone is just blank faced. They cut around everything here. All they did was they they sent her down the river with and she was on fire and all that stuff. And everyone around her is trying to like tough mug it. No one reacted to it. <sighs> it fell so flat because of that. And that's the thing that kept going through my head was, yeah, they should have reacted to that in order to get a reaction out of me. Because obviously seeing the flaming pyre, it's a gorgeous shot. Yeah. Her going down. But when you see people not giving a shit about it on screen. I don't know that they were not giving a shit. If they weren't, if they were giving a shit, then they were hiding it because they wanted to appear tough and strong and stuff like that. Because obviously they're the royalty of this land of Asgard. Right. She's off to Valhalla. But there's nothing there. And the only time we ever see any reaction to Frigga's death is Loki. Films Loki reacts, but then he doesn't because it's Loki being Loki. It's Loki being Loki. Mm. It's Loki being Loki. Loki definitely reacts. He did his little transformation thing or his fake out that he usually does. He's well, like, when this somebody, is the real me. When somebody comes down and gives him the news, he blows up the whole cell. 
He does. And I, uh, well, it's, I feel like that's more reaction because the last thing he said to his mother was, you're not my mother. Yeah. And, and also, I feel like it's a regret. The last thing. thing he said to the person who killed his mother was go up those stairs. Go up those stairs. My mother's there. Go <laughs> shank her. Have fun. Enjoy your evening. Have fun storming the castle, boys. But then the whole reason Loki goes no, with Thor is because of vengeance. He wants to, because he feels no, guilt for no, what he did to no, Frigga. No, Absolutely. No, no way. What other reason would he have? Loki's endgame. And the final shot of this movie proves that it's Loki's endgame, where Thor is sitting, uh, talking to Odin, who's on the throne, and Odin's saying, so I have one son who doesn't want to be king, and I have one son who wants to be it too badly, yada, yada, all that stuff. Yeah. And then he said, Thor's like, I can't be king. I got to lead my people this way. This is how I do it. This I got to go hang uh, out on Earth. That's exactly it. But then when it cuts out, it he, Odin switches to Loki, and Loki goes, ah, thanks, brah. Sure, but I don't know that that was his endgame while he was in the prison. I, I think that's something that do. Developed... We talked it. No, because we've talked about this a billion times with Loki now. We've this is the third time we're talking about Loki. Yeah, in, in Thor, and then in and I'm Avengers. still and we're still having the same argument where you think he's planning seventeen thousand steps in advance, and I think he's winging it, but just coming out on top every time. That's he's not Domino. He doesn't just have luck. No, I'm not saying it's luck. I think there's definitely manipulation and planning involved, but I don't think he's planning it that far in advance. I think once he once he sees the opportunity to fake his death and then come back, he's like, "Oh, I should do that." I don't think he's planning that before he even gets there with Thor. I am. I completely think that's what he's doing. No, I because of how many times he fakes his death throughout all of this stuff. He does it again in in other films. He does it in Thor. He does it in spoil. he doesn't does again. He's died before. It's like, yeah, I think that he's that good at what he does and that good at manipulation because obviously he's the god of chaos. Right. Right. This is Mischief. what he does. He's 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 so far ahead of every character in any one of these films. That's why he's the most interesting Marvel character. Mm, I think you're giving I him a lot of credit. I, I think he deserves all the credit. There's a reason why when they put all these characters together for the first time in the Avengers, he was the big bad. Yeah. There's a reason why he gets that respect coming off of a single movie like Thor. Right. He deserves all the props that he gets. And I think, yes, I feel like he doesn't, like he reacted to Frigga's death the way he did because the last thing he said was, you're not my mother. Also, Batty, go. Kill mommy. Sure. But then- But he's also upset about her death. I really don't think he is. I think he's manipulating Thor. No, not at all. Because Thor isn't even the one who brought him that message when he blew up the, the room. Well, that's why I think he initially got upset at that, and then he had to completely come up with a plan, and that's when his plan was, I'm going to join Thor, and I'm going. We're, me and him but are going to do our no own But he had no idea of... that Thor was going to come to him and ask him to go with him. I'm pretty sure he had a good idea. Mm, I'm I, pretty I sure he had a good idea, because Thor knew exactly where he was, and Thor knows exactly what his power is. Yeah, but Thor also, you have to realize that not Loki's in a position where he doesn't think that Thor's going to want his help. Especially if he has any inkling that he gave the information that he gave to the person who killed his mother. But what if he showed Thor how upset he was about his mother's death in air quotes by saying, this is the real me now. And I'm all, I'm all John Favreau swinger style on the floor. I just got dumped. Yeah, but the thing is, Thor was the one who said no more illusions, Loki. And then he showed it to him. Thor knew that of he was putting up a front. Of course he did. Of course he did, Brian. He said no more illusions. And Loki went. Oh, that's another one. I'll do another illusion. Yeah, right. no, but Thor can see. No. Thor cannot see through it. And the ending is proof of that when Loki is portraying Odin. He cannot see through it. That's fair. But no, I still think you're giving Loki way too much credit. I think you're not giving him enough credit. I don't think anyone's giving enough credit. Well, then it's everybody against you. Let it be. Somebody's it usually got is. it wrong. I, I think that Loki is fully in charge of this movie again. Fully in charge. No, I don't think so. But. He's not, I got captured Avengers style because I wanted to get captured. I need to unleash the Hulk. I don't think that's the case. No. But once he's in that cell, he's not just going to sit around in that cell for eternity. That's not what he does. That's true. Obviously, he's going to come up with a plan. And I think his plan got adjusted a number of times while he was in there because he can't affect the outside world at that point. Obviously, I right. mean, for right. what it's worth. No, I almost said something completely fucking buck wild of maybe he wanted Frigga to die. And I don't believe that he did. No. I don't believe it did, but I think that when it did happen, then he obviously had to formulate another plan. I think his plan was, get Thor on my side. I'll work with Thor. We'll do our own brother tag team. But he has no effect on the outside world. He has no way of getting Thor on his side. Thor had to come to him. Thor came to him, and he made Thor feel bad about the way that Loki was feeling. He completely emotionally manipulated Thor into letting him out. I don't think so. 
He absolutely did say, this is the real me. I can't, it's the third time I'm saying that. Yeah, but it exactly was the real happened. him. It was the real him acting. He put up the illusion for Thor to see, and then he broke the illusion down for Thor to see, so Thor can feel that that tinge of pain of like, oh, brother. Mm. Icy brother. No. Work with me. And then, obviously, the ending is proof of that. It's not proof. It's just proof that he he manipulated his way to where he wanted to be eventually. It's not proof that he was setting it up the fucking beginning of the movie. Well, obviously, Frigga was the, was the monkey wrench in his whole system here, and he came with a different plan midway through. He's not going to sit around in a prison cell for eternity. He definitely had a plan. Sure. And his plan was to get out of that cell and probably be in the same spot at the end that he was in at the end of this thing. And obviously there were detours. Right. I think you really got to get on this Loki train. Look, I don't think Loki's a dummy and things just went his way. I think he's planning all along the way, but I don't think he had the whole thing planned out from the get. Loki, secret big bad of this movie. Uh, I don't know. Secret? big bad of this movie no because even when i found out he was on the throne at the end i didn't i wasn't like oh no i was like oh good for him he got what he wanted i thought that was a beautiful twist yeah that's great i don't think that i don't see him as a bad guy in this really no i think this is this is him dealing with the hand he's dealt from the the conclusion of avengers sure he got captured at the end of avengers i think this is just thor's brother going about his going about his business his business being I want that throne. I want that throne. I'm going to take I'm that throne. I'm in prison. Let me I'm going to take that throne. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll get my way there. I'll me and you, out. Thor, we're playing a, a long Game of Thrones. Well, not that long. It's like an episode and a half. <laughs> Pretty much. Hour 52. You're right. You're absolutely right. Alan Taylor would love that. Uh, Alan Taylor actually said, it's using the conceit of a fantastical alien world to make fresh what is really a domestic drama. In Game of Thrones, seeing Tyrion battle with his sister Cersei, Seeing the relationships between the children and their fathers, it's all the stuff we're interested in at a psychological level, but we're living it all the time. But it takes place in this other fantastical foreign realm, which makes, it's the same thing for Thor. The brilliant thing Ken Brana did in launching it was making it very much a story about two brothers, a story about brothers competing for the love of their father. So it's small, confined, and human at the same time it's blown out intergalactic. Yeah. That's where he wants to stop? Sounds like he set up a point. <laughs> I think it, his didn't... point is that really it's a story about these two brothers and and because it's so weird and out there it's a different thing but it's still familiar. Okay. In that uh you know it's just these two trying to figure out their relationship. Neat. Yeah. I love the first Thor. I do too. This movie? Well, it says something when you have to fly good. in Joss Whedon to fix some of your scenes while you're filming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, didn't they try that with Justice League? Uh, maybe. Didn't we didn't take that over? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, ba- you know, actually, it says right here, uh, Joss came in to save our lives a couple of times. We had a major scene that was not working on the page at all in London, and he basically got airlifted in like a SWAT team or something. He came in, rewrote the scene, and before he got back on his plane, I was like, hey, what about this scene and this scene? You basically have the director saying, I don't know yeah, what, what I'm am I doing. Do- this is longer than an hour. What do I do now? This isn't good. <laughs> Uh, that should have been a sign right there. Like, hey, guys. Uh, at least a yellow flag. But Maybe was not like, a red flag. We've got a date. we got to get this thing out. <laughs> got to get it out on time. Here's a neat thing. The Dark Elf costumes, because the Dark Elves were supposed to be like this valiant royal kind of race, they made the eye holes in the masks a little bit low, so all of the extras and stuntmen had to like look up a little bit to see out of the eye holes, which is just brilliant costume design. That's smart. Get that so chin up a little they bit. They all had to lean their heads pompous. back to look out, and it's just, it it's a neat, translates neat very well. I like that a lot. So somebody on the set was thinking. The one person, costume designer. I'd give him a high five. I want to talk about the music. Ramin Jawadi. No. Oh, all right. No, I just I figured th- that they would. No, the music in this was great. It's okay. No. Was- I didn't hate it. I really, really didn't hate it. It was pretty well done. I thought that some of the things were a little odd for what was going on on screen. Okay. But overall... Um, it didn't. I didn't hate it. Don't get me wrong about that. Sure, sure. I think the biggest impact was during that funeral scene. I think the music did more than the actors did. Yeah, of course, because the music <laughs> did something. Just the general. If you had put Smash Mouth in the background, technically the music's doing more. <laughs> just, just Thor watching his mother ride out all over the edge of the waterfall. Just mother, don't forget, all that glitters is gold. And then she turns into stardust and flies up to Valhalla. That's a sweet scene. It's a scene. Uh, Brian it's Tyler. The, it's not a sweet. Uh, Liv Tyler's brother. 
Nope. Oh, right. <laughs> Brian Tyler was the composer on this. He was also, he did Iron Man 3. Which we said there was music involved. Which we said there was music to. Yep. Uh, he's also done uh, Now You See Me. He did a rearrangement of the Universal Pictures logo fanfare. He's done five Fast and Furious movies. Whoa! And he did Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Sure! So, like, this guy knows what dude's like. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he might as well be Vin Diesel. Uh, he's the one who actually, he composed the Marvel Studios intro, though. It's pretty so good. I have to give him credit for that. That's something. Uh, he actually, he replaced Patrick Doyle, who was in the first movie. They were talking about bringing him in. He also did Harry Potter and the Magical Something or whatever. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, but when he wasn't available, they brought in Carter Burwell. I, you're, which these is are names. a name that you probably don't know, but he's done like almost all the Coen Brothers movies, and he's also got Oscar noms for Carol and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. He did Being John Malkovich and Adaptation. Somebody who has like some excellent scores behind him, and they're like, no, let's let's use Brian Tyler. He did Iron Man three, <laughs> but I don't think he does a bad job. It's fine. It's um, totally fine. Yeah. So you want to just do a super stuff now? I mean, get, it over, get well, out of the way now, now I, that we're here. I usually wait till the super stuff music, get into music. Well, talking, so. Music. What are you thinking? Because I'm thinking point uh, five. I think is appropriate for this one. Uh, it really isn't bad, but I don't think it's great because it doesn't have a theme behind it. It absolutely is a theme. They give Thor a theme here. Did they? Absolutely. Man, I must not have been in this thing at all then. It's possible. You want to go point seven five just so you I can think say there's a theme? Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Because there's a theme setting. We have Asgard. We do. We have, we have Svartalheim Earth. or whatever it's called. Yeah. Earth. Yeah. London. Yeah. Ranch. Yeah. It's very boring set because of just, they completely enclose them in buildings, but like in a courtyard almost. Yeah. So it's very just, I don't know, aesthetically not pleasing. Yeah. There was actually something in the uh, in the gag reel where they had, they you know, they, they put up the, the blue screen along the back of the- Sure, sure. Well, a bus went by, and just the top of the bus went by over it, and they're like, "Cut!" Yeah, makes sense. I'll, I'll go. Hilarious. I'll go point five. We know where we are at all. Point five. But we it's know not where we are, but appealing. it's It's not the same Asgard. No, it's not. Um, it feels a little more lived in, which is what they were going for. There's actual like animals and vegetation. Yeah, but then you have stuff like that bar scene, whatever it is, and it felt so Lord of the Rings. It felt also Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was almost exactly the same bar scene from the celebration after they, spoiler alert, defeated the Night King. Right. You see, you see that Starbucks <laughs> coffee cup just sitting in front just, of the door. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, at least in this one they can go to Starbucks. It's on, yeah. It's on Midgard. True. True. Style and tone. Buh. Buh is right. I don't care for it. There's no tone in this movie. There's no tone. The style, There though, is a style. It's just wrong. I'll go, oh, man. <laughs> uh, I like... The ether style, because it's very red and goopy. I do too, especially when they when you say, hey, we need you to make me an infinity stone, and they go, got it, making, yeah, it, making yeah. it red goopy. But when Thor zaps it, it kind of solidifies and turns into a stone, which is neat. Right. I, I'm thinking like the red tornado stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. getting. I really, really love that it's part. pretty cool. Uh, I'll go 0. 0.25. 0. 0.25, I think, is exactly That, that right. one shot was cool. Yeah. Hero. He saves the day. He saves the day. He but sometimes he quips instead of yeah, letting people not die. But he also ultimately does have a character arc of, I can't be king. Not that I don't want to be king, it's I can't, I can't be king. Be. Right, that's true. And that's completely different from the first movie. I'll go 0. 0.75. I think that's or maybe fair. even 0. 0.5. I'll go 0. 0.75. Okay. That was what my gut said. I think that's fair. Villains. Zero. Big old zero. Big old zero. Sorry, Sorry. Chris Eccleston. Sorry, You're a pro. Chris. We love You're you. Great. Exterminate. You know, everybody needs a paycheck. <laughs> he got it though. Good for him. He got that Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, but if he had held out, he probably could have had a recurring role. Really made uh, that Marvel money. Don't be a villain in an earlier movie. You're going to die. Absolutely. Not worth it. No, and don't be a villain in a later movie. You're at best going to get two movies. That's still something. <laughs> That's something. Uh, female characters. Zero. Zero. Yeah, Lady Sif doesn't do anything in this thing. Lady Sif does more than she did in the first movie. Yeah, she did nothing in the first movie. Uh, she well, what happened? <laughs> was she she five a.m. on set in London? Sure. It was raining. She slipped on a metal staircase and broke a ton of bones and was out of commission for like a month. So so that's why she doesn't do a lot in this movie <laughs> because right. for a well, month of filming she was like, well, can't. So her not doing much in this movie is going to make that. But a zero? Frigga kicks ass before she gets killed. For Frigga's death, 0.25. I love Darcy. 
I know you love I love Darcy. her. She I think she's great. Anything in this, she sets up all the pylons that. Oh wow, the stick girl. <laughs> they do the thing that makes the thing happen with the stuff. You know, I do know. And then there's Jane. You're gonna say Jane, Jane who is sucks in this movie. Jane, who is a scientist who forgets how to do things as soon as she sees Thor's face. Yep, she goes, oh, Brian's point point two five. <laughs> I got to fight you back because of that Power Rangers thing. I understand. Uh, the, here's the thing, though. Power Rangers was my rebellion against you. It was a good one, too. <laughs> you, it wasn't a good one. You don't I get was to outnumbered. make up for me making up for you. I was completely outnumbered. <laughs> Story and motivation. Zero. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Impact on the genre. It would have been low. Probably a one. It would have been low, probably but Endgame a went and went and said, hey, this movie's relevant this again. This movie and you're is like, not just no. relevant, it's one of the most important movies in the MCU. Uh, I hate that you keep saying important. It is, though. It is. Yeah. This thing's a one for mm-hmm. impact, which is insane to which say. Which hurts. It wasn't until but April. <laughs> the thing year. is, just being part of the MCU like gives you an automatic point five on that. So, Incredible Hulk got a zero. Might have gotten a negative. Can you see what it got? Yeah, I can. Incredible Hulk. Oh, it got a zero. Yeah, so... Nope, that rule doesn't apply. Yeah, but if you're not the Incredible Hulk and you're in the MCU, you're almost guaranteed a point five. All right. <laughs> this one's a one. Parents. One of them's dead. One of them's dead. Gone. We don't know what happens. The though, second one, we? we don't know until later on what happened to him. We'll but go he's for this movie. Assumed dead. We're in the world. Anthony Hopkins thought he was dead after the movie was over. That doesn't mean that he's dead. In the movie. Alan Taylor thought he was dead, and Kevin yeah, Feige was like, I don't "Alan want to Taylor talk about had it. no fucking clue what was going on for." Eight months of the of his life when this movie was filming or that's whatever. Fair. So fair. let's go with a point five. I think that's fair for a dead because Frigga. because we know Frigga gone. Frigga's Frigga dead. One liners. Yeah. Is that why everything's on fire? I <laughs> like them. Um, I didn't love them. That one I loved. That one was great. But I think that like, was probably a, one of the best. There's ones. probably there's a few that I really liked. Yeah. There's there's some standouts like when Natalie Portman hits the the science thing on the table and. Darcy goes, I already uh, tried yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I did that too. Let's go 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5, I think, is, I think it's is a probably fair about right. 0. 0.5. Yeah. And that's going to bring Thor the Dark World to a, wow, 4.5. Just surprisingly high for this movie. Got that one for the impact. For the that impact. really helped it. It really helped it. Also, the hero score of a 0. 0.75 didn't hurt it. No. And so if he had done just anything more, it would have gone up, obviously. But yeah. he was flirting with a free fall for that score with that one. He... Uh, He's lucky he saved the day, and that it wasn't just an accident. Yeah, as, uh, yeah. As we know, the hero sometimes. Well, then again, they don't save the day. Kind of looked a little bit like an accident, but who actually? Oh no! Hold on a second. Because hold on a second. Hold on a second for the hero score. Didn't Jane have to like alley oop the thing into Malekith to make him go kablooey? He doesn't go kablooey though. She she portals him. She kind yeah. She portals but him. But Jane portals him. Is it Jane that does it? I'm pretty sure it's Jane who does it. What is with these MCU movies and the female lead? Hey, lower that to a point five. He day. doesn't actually save the day. We're gonna lower. Jane kind of does, but Jane still sucks so hard that first. I can't go. This is a first. Yeah. After finishing the super stuff, we're lowering a score. Dark World's breaking us. Four point two five. I feel a little better. A little better. A little better. Not great. Um, feel a little better. Because yeah, Malkith gets killed by his own ship when it teleports on top of him. Right. 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 So. Oops. Whoopsie. Sorry, Thor. I thought of a good. Oh, did you? It's a rare it's a rare one. Okay. Um can you give me back my shoe? I would like to give you back your shoe. Are you Stanley? Uh that's one of the best Stanley cameos. It's that phenomenal. There is. I like that in the credits he's just listed as Stanley. Yep. Like just They're not Stan even trying. Lee. He's in, in an insane he's in asylum. An insane right asylum <laughs> getting ranted to by Eric Selvig. Did you happen to notice any of the things written on Eric Selvig's chalkboard? I didn't. He's got references to the Nexus of All Reality which is in the Florida Everglades where the dimensions intersect and that's where Man-Thing defends. Is that our second Man-Thing reference? Because then we get one in Iron Man That's 3? our second Man-Thing in reference movies. in two movies. Yeah, back-to-back movies. It's almost like Feige was trying to set up Man-Thing. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the Crossroads is on the on the board, which is the intersection of routes to different worlds somewhere in the, in the Marvel sure. universe. And there's also a reference to the fault, which is a tear in the fabric of the universe that's usually guarded by the Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's a lot, a lot going of, on there. A lot of neat little things on that on board. There. And we hadn't, meet, we hadn't met the Guardians yet at no, this point. So. No, Guardians are, are coming up in two movies? Thank God. Yeah, I can't so wait. I'm so excited. I cannot wait for Music that. Music, too. Let's just say it now. 
Let's just oh, say it now. Yeah, it's a two. For it music. might even be more. Uh, I actually own the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack on vinyl. That's how it's badass. Yeah, it's so it's good. Great. Um, I want to talk about one other good thing in this movie. Go ahead. Loki's impression of Captain America. It's all right. It's uh, it's so good. Okay, so Chris Evans having a ball. Um, well, actually, what happened is it's Tom Hiddleston having a ball. Tom Hiddleston put on the Captain America suit and did an impression, and then they brought in Chris Evans to do an impression of. Of that? Of Tom Hiddleston's impression. It's a dude doing another dude. It's a dude disguised as a dude disguised as another dude. Um, Chris Evans actually said, I spent over two years trying not to play Steve Rogers over that over the top. <laughs> Great. That's very cool. And uh, I love that scene. Yeah. That's very cool. Do you want to have a rousing discussion about truth? <laughs> <laughs> Question for you. Answer for you. Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. One to 100. Go. 35. Not even close. 14. Not even close. 62. Let me ask you this then. Okay. Since I'm all over the map. Yeah. On our top 72 superhero movies of all time from Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. where do you think it lands? 55. 62. Okay. It is on the list. We have not had one on the list in a while. Well, that's because we've been watching weirdos. This is 67%. Okay. So that's kind of respectable. And the audience score is 76%. So oh, that's surprising. It is a little surprising. Because of how much hate this movie gets. It but then again, it's at lot. the end of the day, it's still an MCU movie, and people are going to like it because it's that. Are they? I mean, people who aren't you. Fair. <laughs> Roger Ebert did not see this movie. His That's eyes true. were permanently closed. Ooh, and his jaw was permanently gone. gone. I was going to say wired shut, but no, nope, it was not. just gone. He's a legend. Go read his old reviews. They're fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he's great. We love him so much. That's yeah. why we poke fun at his, his jaw corpse. <laughs> <laughs> James Ferrardinelli. He saw this movie. Okay. He gave this two and a half stars. Two and a half. He says, That's high. Thor The Dark World offers the kind of straightforward action-adventure yarn that adherents of the genre will appreciate. It's an example of superhero filmmaking 101 at work with high-octane fights and special effects-fueled eye candy trumping narrative. (laughs) The movie is pretty to look at in a Transformer sort of way and moves briskly enough that it never threatens to bore. But it's hard to feel much of anything about the characters, and when it's all over, there's a sense that everything that happens is obligatory. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Thor is essentially Marvel's answer to Superman. And, as with the Man of Steel, it can be difficult to craft a tale around a hero who is essentially invincible. I don't know about that, though. I don't either on that one. So he had, uh, he saw the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the some of the things he said are, are right. Pretty. That's really it. They are. Most of them. Most of them. Yeah. It's a good looking movie. Yeah. But it's it just doesn't move the way it's supposed to. And it's not like they didn't have the time. They could have they could have added 10, 15 minutes to this thing and nobody would have blinked an eye at it. Legitimately they could have added twenty minutes to this thing. And right. I think that the story still struggled enough, but it would have been nice to have yeah. something that fleshed out. Yeah. No one called this thing boring. No, it's not boring. It, and that's it the moves. crazy part about it. It definitely moves. I was never bored. Which is Except for during the prologue. I was a little bored during the prologue. I, I fine. That's fine. But yeah. But what is that? Two minutes of the movie? Who yeah, cares? it is. And yeah. I think the people have spoken on this one because on Amazon, this movie has 4,609 reviews. Wow. 62% of them are five star. Really? And 22% of them are four star. And huh. only 4% are one star. Really? But those are the ones that interest me the most. Of course. Here's our Amazon one star reviews. From July 25th, 2019, titled Great Movie. Only one star because I didn't purchase. Account was hacked. Also, emoji face of the, <laughs> the, the one where the mouth is the straight, straight line. line. Yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> that I was hacked. I love this movie, but one star because I was hacked. That's where he's upset about. <laughs> From November 21st, 2018. Needs to be better. <laughs> yeah. We we agree. We I think the, everyone in the world agrees. Needs to be better. Needs to be longer. Needs a different director. Probably Patty Jenkins. Can we go back to Thor two? Needs to be better. We're so far removed Thor two, but let's go back to it. It needs to be better. Can I start like a change.org petition to redo Thor: The Dark World with just Patty like Jenkins? we're doing with the Game of Thrones season eight? Ugh. Just want to redo it. Let's just anything that the Game of Thrones directors have touched. Let's just redo yeah, anything it. we don't agree with. Let's just redo it <laughs> until we do agree with it. Dumb and you should stop that immediately. From August 5th, 2019. It's called Very Bad Movie. Okay. 
This was a poor taste comedy instead of a good action movie. Mm. It was so far below the original Thor movie. My question to you is, are these supposed to be action movies? I think on some level, yes. I think on some level, yes. I think they're they're action dramas. Okay. With a splash of comedy. That's the Marvel formula right there. That's it. I think right you just there. described it. Yeah. You hear that, Feige? Do yeah. It, do what Brian said. Oh, you have been. That's good. good. <laughs> but I, I, this one was, it had its funny moments, but I wouldn't say it was a comedy. I wouldn't say it's funny. No. Not by any means. No. From March 5th, 2016, a terrible sequel and pretty much only watchable for Loki. Hemworth Biss, still enjoyable as Thor, but the plot is just too sloppy. Mm. It's possible to make comic book movies better than this. Yeah, we know it's possible. We've seen <laughs> hundreds of them. So many of them that are better than this. It's possible. It's possible. He's letting us know it's possible. Guys, just so you know, it is possible. Guys, did you know that there's one before this? The, did you know there's a- This isn't the best there is. This isn't. The, this is not the mountaintop. Guys, stop, don't fret. Don't fret. It's Thor the Dark World to is make not better the movies best than movie. this. That's, a, that's the real hero. He's letting us know. Thank, thank God for that guy. Thank Odin. Thank God for this next one. From June 13th, 2018. Spider-Man is not present in this movie. Nope. That's, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? Uh, same guy left the same review on Bridges in Madison County. That's right. <laughs> Spider-Man? <laughs> one not star. Here. Not here. Spider-Man's not in this movie. That's that's his thing. He's just copying, pasting, going movie to movie. Yeah. Trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Die Hard, one star. Spider-Man's not in this movie. Can you imagine someone doing that? Like, that's their move. Oh, man. The life you must live. There's a man who does that. We've come across him a number of times on every Marvel movie so far. Is this my favorite person? It's Mr. Amazon. <laughs> not going to use his real name on Amazon. That's fine. Not going to do it. He did not review this movie. What? I looked at what he's reviewed in the past, though, so I'm like, did he really not review this movie? So this movie was even below Mr. Amazon's standards? There is legitimately, conservatively, I stopped counting at 25. Stop it. That he did it for. And it's just, it's any movie. It's not just Marvel. <laughs> it's not just Marvel movies. And it's the same exact thing with the Amazon set in there. Sure. There's one guy gets upset and is, I, I'm going to read it off of the Thor review, the original one. He says, <laughs> Had to have it in my collection. The main reason for the star subtraction is for Amazon, not the movie. I just wish that Amazon would let me custom arrange my video library. Come on, Amazon. Get to it. Get to it. (laughs) So I went and I looked at other stuff that he's reviewed. Just curious to see what kind of maniac we're dealing with. Sure. What's his taste like in movies? Uh, I can tell you what his taste is like in bras. Oh. Does Amazon not let him sort those by? I don't know. But too much information is his last... Three reviews are all from August 2nd, and they're all for bras. What? And each one is copied and pasted. <laughs> and it says, my wife is 5132D, 32 double D Victoria's Secret. So good on you, bud. Hey, good for you. 24-inch waist, 32-inch hips, 107 oh. pounds. She loves it. Great material and very comfortable. This guy's just bragging. The whole way through, this dude knows what's up. His wife probably goes on here going like, my husband is a fucking jackass for his video library. Why does he keep doing this? But he loves my tickle bits, so this is great. (laughs) Babe, could you just make sure you put my measurements in that Amazon review? Thank you. (laughs) And for Rex Ryan, put the foot size too. Uh, Amazon doesn't let me put in the foot size. <laughs> it doesn't let me do that. There's a creep meter, and it says, stop, you've gone too far. One star. Amazon, please let me put in my wife's <laughs> shoe size. 32D, 32DD, Victoria's Secret. It's a man living the life. Watching movies and- 511072432? Okay, okay. He also reviewed a shitload of movies, just in general. Okay. And uh, all of his five stars, sometimes- No, they're all five stars. Who am I kidding? And his review for them, it's copy and paste. It just says, great movie. That's it? That's the whole thing? That's it? I love this guy. I need to find him. But mostly his wife. <laughs> update. We have an update? I've been scrolling Yeah. for a while, trying to find other things that he's looked at. Sure. As me and Brian were talking just now about this maniac. <laughs> all of his great movie reviews, there's around 100 of them, are all from June 23rd, 2019. What? He had an Amazon day. Pretty much just an Amazon review day. Just, I wonder if he's getting paid. For his Amazon reviews. Oh, this is ironic. He gave five stars to a superior engine system outboard motor. So a uh, okay motor for his boat. He's got a boat. 
And he's got a wife for 32 Ds, so he's motorboating those too. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> you old sailor, you. <laughs> I'm more and more intrigued by this guy every time you bring up a review. He's got to be the Dosaki's next spokesperson. I mean, he, he has likes, to be. He likes the Marvel movies, except for this except one. Except for this one. He, didn't, he did not review it, did not buy it. It's not part of his- His, his uh, Amazon library. His Amazon library. That's exactly it. So, From May 19, 2016, I guess screenplays are not necessary for Marvel. It made me miss the fantastic storytelling found in the Lord of the Rings movie. Ugh. For some reason, Lord of the Rings got brought up a lot. Well, look at the movie. You're dealing with like- Elves? Elves and that's shit. All, that's as far as you got to go. Yep. Elves. Bad elves. Bad, dark elves. The other th- big complaint about the more customer support oriented one was people bought this movie on Amazon and it was only the bonus features. Only the bonus features? Yeah. Well, I'd be- uh, That I'd happened be a lot. Pretty upset too, but I would probably contact customer service about that and not just leave a one star. You know they won't do that. <laughs> we know. From okay. July 10th, 2015, did get. Okay. Good for you. Did get. Did get. One star. One star did get. Did get. Did get. From March 17th, 2014, too light on story and it didn't, quote unquote, hang together. (laughs) For example, the elves have futuristic firepower while the heroes have swords. That's true. It's not wrong. That's true. That one's not wrong. Nope. That's uh, that's a thing. And they're 5,000 years old and been asleep for a while. Strange, right? Yeah. The things you don't think about that these fucking psychopaths do. (laughs) From June 21st, 2016. Big, dumb, and boring. The villain was non-existent. The plot so generic it might as well have been thought of in ten minutes before shooting started. And the action is nothing to write home about. They should have kept Patty Jenkins. That's all I can say. Oh well, Marvel's loss and DC's gain. P.S. Can anyone tell me how the Bifrost is back? I thought Thor's big sacrifice was destroying it at the end of the last movie. Yeah. That's uh, that's all correct. <laughs> also, they spent the last two years repairing the Bifrost. That's, I mean, that's... Off screen. They screen. got Bob Vila of Asgard in there. Oh, this old Bifrost. Could you imagine? <laughs> Put it all together. <laughs> I would watch that. Next up on this old Bifrost. We're going to do mile marker point two five on the Bifrost. Huh. Join us next week when we keep repairing this rainbow road. Now you see here, this is where you put the blue. <laughs> Here's where you put the magenta. Pepperidge Farms remembers. <laughs> From December 30th, 2014, can't give an accurate review since the case was empty. Wow. That's, um, sure. Like, is that passive aggressive? It seems a little <laughs> passive aggressive. Like, come on, Amazon. You gave me an empty jewel case. Are they still called jewel cases? I don't think they are. No, I think that's for CDs. CD ROMs. Uh, I, th- I think just for, for. In general. Compact discs. Jewel case. That's fair. I don't know what you call it. I guess it's just DVD packaging. From March 14, 2014, this one's called Stinker. Enough with the beautiful actors and cute jokes in the face of certain death. I like action hero and superhero genre films, loved Batman, really like Man of Steel, and the rebooted Spider-Man. This absolutely stinks. So movies where people say cute things before they do they, stuff. They do a quip, and then they do an action. Yeah. Yep. That's um weird that you'd include Spider-Man in that list of, of the things that you like, and then say the things that you said. Yep. On account of he's... The quippiest? People are weird. People are strange. When you're a stranger. Faces look ugly. When you're a Thor. I don't know. Dark elves seem wicked. <laughs> We're not going to do this. <laughs> not going through that door. <laughs> From March 2nd, 2014, I could not even watch this version of Thor. It kept sticking. I don't know what that is. I would advise watching it in HD. A lot better watching. Yeah, it doesn't stick I as much. I don't know what they what? watched. What? Spider-Man's a sticky one. Not oh, Thor. Right, I right, don't right, right. get it. Thor kept sticking. What? I don't know. That's weird. From August 21st, 2014. Titled, One Star. Review, Outstanding. <laughs> There's always one. <laughs> There's always one. They don't know how the star They're ranking works. it as a, as a one. Yep. Number one. Number one star. It's the number one star of my life. More stars means I didn't Thor, like it. Thor, The Dark World. From February 28th, 2014. Titled, the hammer is too big. What? I feel only a little sorry for Chris Hemsworth, who has to try to act with an accent in his mouth, a hammer in his hand, and Darth Vader's mom on his arm. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Hemsworth has an accent. Yep. No denying that. Right. He is, in fact, holding a hammer. That's true. And he is definitely has a, a 
Darth Vader mom on the arm. Is that no? It's his wife. It's his wife. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like I've seen episode one. Now you have. You now. You're welcome. <laughs> Still haven't seen two, but I have a feeling. Yeah, this guy doesn't know prequels, and I feel jealous. I wish I were him. Yeah, I used to be him. Yes, yeah, not it anymore. Was a nice world. You ever seen Attack of the Clones? You're fine. That's true. From February 28th, 2014. Horrible, unbelievable, like every other superhero movie. Well, then what are you even doing I here? don't even know. You know when what you I saw hate. the guy with the cape, just turn around. <laughs> you know just what I watch hate? watch anything else. Superhero movies. You know, I'm going to watch Thor The Dark World. <laughs> you know, I hear it's the worst of the superhero movies, so I'll probably love it, right? Can we stop talking about this movie? I think we should probably stop talking about this movie now. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we are concluding UBU September with... Hancock. It came from behind to beat out the Suburban Commando. Ooh, Ginger Skull's going to be very upset about that one. Well, he should have voted. Yeah, he forgot to do that. So, you know, the votes reset, and he was like, I'm good. No. We got Will Smith. reset. We got Jason Bateman. Yep, and others. And others. I'm sure. I saw it in the theaters once. I saw it, I want to say, not in theaters, but once. Full disclosure. I didn't care for it when I saw it. Yeah. And I'm curious to see how I feel now. I feel like I liked it, but I didn't love it. So yeah, I'm it'll be interesting to see. Very curious. This was actually one I was hoping would win. Oh, good. Because I, I feel like I should have another watch of it. I think it's it's different probably, eyes, different time. And you know what? Who couldn't use a little more Will Smith on their podcast? Until then, you can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cape Podcasters. And any questions or comments, you can email to capepodcasters at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. And don't forget to keep listening at the end for the post-credits. It's when the libations are flowing the most. Oh, boy, are they. So we'll see you next week for Hancock. Same pod time. Same pod channel. Well, Dave, that's Thor The Dark World. What do you think happens after the credits? What I think happens after the credits is it's a lot like the end of this movie, where Jane Foster's in the kitchen of wherever they are. Sure. And she's all brooding, like, my Thor's gone again. Mm. He went away again. He doesn't love him. All that stuff. Sure. And she's trying to get over all the shit that just happened, her having the red goop all in her and, <laughs> and the stone and all that stuff, just trying to figure it all out, trying to figure her life out. Sure. But then the lights go out. And when the lights come back on, She's just in an empty room, and she doesn't understand what's going on. Also, her hair is gone. Oh. And she just sees a door, and the door slightly cracks open. She's like, what is going? Like She's in like this dungeon. She's like, what is going on? And she walks out the door, and all we see is when she gets out the door, she closes it behind her, and she's just in this big old room. And on the door, it just has the letter V. <laughs> this is sort of a V for Vendetta, like fever dream? I guess. Yeah. From like being captured and tortured all that stuff. Sure. That's the dark world. I wish it was a fever dream. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, what do you think happens? I think we cut back to Spartalfheim and we see that ship just sitting in this open black dirt fields of Iceland. I mean, Spartalheim. Spartalheim. And uh, something starts to glow from underneath the ship. And you're like, what? What is this? We zoom in. We zoom in. And out from under the ship crawls a man dressed all in purple. And he goes, Jessica! <laughs> That's a beautiful Doctor Who reference. Yeah. Fezzes are cool. Fezzes are cool. Fezzes are cool.